It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm your host, Nick Padone. We got the crew in studio. Big Play Dave producing. Gabriella Cruz in studio as well. Chris joining us also, Mr. Reflog. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. I had myself a big Cleveland weekend, Nick. Okay. I was I was up there for the Cavs on Friday for that abomination of a game against Golden State. Then I was hanging out with the beautiful Gabriella Cruz at Guards Fest there on Saturday and uh, wrapped it up with another Cavs game. And fortunately, this time a victory over the Bucks uh, before I went home. So a nice Cleveland weekend, got a little bit of flavor of the Cavs, of the Guardians, and most importantly, got some of the taste out of my mouth from that Brown season and, and looking forward to uh, our two other teams in town. Well, good news for Chris. We're kicking things off with Power Rank Monday, where we're going to talk and rank the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. So, Chris, you haven't escaped us yet. We got we got more football talk on the horizon, but then we're going to get into our featured interview with Chase Smith. Covers the Cavs for um, what is press it? Play for press Play Pods. So, we're gonna really into, nailed that one, Nick. <laughs> we're going to get do some Cavs talk with our buddy. Chase Smith. After- he's, he's laughing in the green room. <laughs> hey, man. I know he cav- he covers the Cavs. We're going to have a lot of great Cavs conversation. That's all that matters. After that, we're going to do some Cleveland headlines presented by Shaq News. And of course, we're going to finish things up with our big play bets presented by Tipico Sportsbook, the exclusive sports betting partner of big play. Let's get things going. Let's kick things off. It's Power Rank Monday. Monday. <laughs> Do you like that, Gab? Yeah, I wait for it every time. I, I just found out this year that that was your voice. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> the the official Power, Power Rank, Rank intro Rank. is back. Uh, and this Power Rank Monday is brought to you by Labatt. We have had an awesome first two rounds of the NFL playoffs. There's been some great quarterback matchups all throughout so far. So we're going to power rank the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Obviously, your popular choices are the guys that are still competing, still in the tournament. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, probably the two layups. But then you got some new risers as well with you know Jalen Hurts and company. Um, you could talk a little bit about Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, some of those other guys. It's a new era of quarterback. It really seems so. Who who are you guys putting atop that list? Well, Jalen Hurts is only twenty four, and he also had that shoulder sprain, and he's looking pretty good. I feel like he's going to have a lot. We're, we'll see a lot more from him him in the future. Yeah, definitely, and a big you know big opportunity to be one of those breakout candidates this right. weekend with the NFC Championship game, the biggest stage that he's ever played on probably in in his career. Chris, who are you thinking? Who who are you going to put? If you had to say number one, who's Oof. your best quarterback in the league right now? Who are you putting Chris, number one? I, I think That's you're going to agree with me too, That's and I, I hate to say this so much, but Joe Shiesty, man, I I I just I don't know. I think he's the by far the best out of those guys. Chris, are you with me? How about Mahomes? Even with one leg, yeah, I yeah. think I'm still going Mahomes. It's going to be close, but I'm going to go with Gimpy Mahomes right now. <laughs> Although Joe Burrow, I'll tell you what, man. Ooh. That was once again impressive on the road. 
I mean, I'm sick of saying it. He makes me sick to my stomach as a Browns fan, you know, a local guy. And uh, everybody knows the backstory on Joe Burrow, but just he continues to show up. He's got that confidence. He's got that swagger. He's basically everything we thought Baker Mayfield was going to be and uh, and more. And he's leading them, you know, deep into the playoffs once again. And uh, and it kills me. But uh, yeah, he's he's right up there. But I still got Mahomes number one. Yeah, I still got Patrick number one as well. I think I got Burrow right behind him as two. But when you're ranking NFL quarterbacks, I feel like number two isn't that bad of a position to be in, especially as this is only Joe Burrow's third year in the National Football League. He is competing in his second AFC championship game. It's unreal. It felt like we finally got past Ben Roethlisberger. And I was finally like, finally, the AFC North is up for grabs. It's right there for the Browns to take. And no, it looks like Joe Burrow is going to be standing in the way of that for the next 10 years or so isn't that a sick way that the football gods are too in that you have ben roethlisberger from finley ohio you've got oh, yeah. joe, joe burrow Moore then comes from athens. athens ohio i mean just local guys and hell our last really good quarterback was bernie kosar from boardman so we've had we've had these quarterbacks right here unfortunately the last two we've missed on and they've come back to haunt us just repeatedly yeah. All right, Nick, but so we've got we've like- got Hertz, we've got Burrow, we've got Mahomes. Is it just recency bias that Josh Allen's not making that list? I think so. And I think some of those older guys, too, I think we could see, and we'll have to see what happens this offseason with Brady if he calls it a career, with Rodgers if he wants to come back to football. But you never know. I mean, put Aaron Rodgers in a different situation. I wonder if he cracks that top three with some of these younger guys, but I'm with you. I think some of it's a little bit recency bias that Josh Allen is kind of finding his way out of that top three. I think realistically right now, again, like Chris says, pains to say as a Browns fan, but your top three probably in any order are Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. And all three of those guys in the AFC, man, it's unreal. I'm kind of sad no Brock Purdy mentions. Hey, he's good. He's good. Uh, he, they took a little step back in that playoff game. Yeah. But come on, playoff Purdy. I'm pulling for you. How far off is Deshaun, though, when we when we oh start boy. ranking? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I think Deshaun is closer to the bottom of the AFC right now than he Ooh. is the top. After what we saw in those six games, Chris, do you agree? Yeah, you would. I mean, if you're just objectively just- looking at it, yeah, absolutely. I think that what obviously comes with him is the potential and you still yeah, think right. that the, the ceiling is, is way high on the guy, but yeah, I mean, just based objectively off of what he did last year, certainly he's in the bottom half of the league. Oof. Yeah. And, and I mean, we saw flashes though. So I know there's a lot of oofs and moaning and groaning, but like think of all those times that he was just underdressed running for his life. I mean, he was taking hits and shrugging guys off of him. So there is still promise and optimism about Deshaun Watson's future as the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I think the difference, difficult part of this outlook is that okay look at the three guys that stand into Sean Watson's way and not even those three guys look at those rosters too I mean Chris Jones on that defensive line for Kansas City that guy ain't going anywhere you know Stefan Diggs in Buffalo we'll see but that's a hell of a better weapon than anything the Browns have Jamar Chase is that guy even 21 years old yet I mean there's just so much talent on these teams aside from the quarterback position I think that's what it just kind of leaves a weird taste in your mouth as a Browns fan, aside from all the Deshaun Watson stuff, too. You know what's interesting on this list? This may be the first time where we're really turning the page on, like, Aaron Rodgers, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Certainly on Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger's gone now. But it, it really feels like now you've got the younger guys really taking hold. You got 26-year-olds and Joe Burrow. Uh, and Allen, you know, you got that younger crew really taking hold it and taking on this league. And it's it's definitely a changing of the guard right now. Even it's crazy to see, think like Patrick Mahomes is 28 and he could probably never play a snap again. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, he's how many won, how many he won once or twice? I think he's won one. Yeah. He's got an MVP. Yep. He's got he set all sort of records. Okay. I mean, he's on a war path right now. You you can't say anything for sure, but I, I, and and a lot of it is recency bias because he was insane on that one ankle. But if it was up to me, if I was a voter, I don't know. If, I don't know first ballot, but he's in. Yeah, he's, he's in. in. He's in. And he's twenty eight, so it's it just goes to show that it's yeah, it's a new era for sure. 
Well, we'll we'll be there one day. Go Browns, hopefully. Yeah, boy. All right, what do you guys think? We talk some Cavs. Let's do that. All right, let's keep the positivity rolling. There's no reason not to. Let's get to Chase Smith and talk some Cavs. Here we go. Alrighty, live on the Labatt Blue Line, we have the founder of the Press Play Podcast Network and the host of Cavs on the Break. He is Chase Smith. Chase, you see what they do for me when the notes are are actually in the right position. What's going on, man? Happy to have you on. Happy to talk some Cavs. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Hey, Gabriella. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Excited, excited. You're like, man, who is this Chase guy? What? Who is this? What is going on? <laughs> we all know you, Chase. Get out of here. Oh, uh, it's uh, it, it is wild. You know, uh, this the internet is a crazy place, and you, you see people, and then you see people in real life, and I just if ten year old Chase would see what a thirty five year old Chase is doing right now, he'd be like, what? What? kind of life is that so yeah nick all good man it's all good i don't expect anyone to know who i am so don't worry about it nick only reads what's directly on the teleprompter so i i stay on task i gotta get chris to his kids basketball game all right that's exactly right all right let's let's start here let's start with the guy that we all want to talk about everybody in cleveland wants to talk about and that's donovan mitchell he has been incredible this season is he even better than you thought that he was going to be when the Cavs traded for him because it seems like this trade has been pretty much seamless and in the absence of Donovan Mitchell these last few nights we've seen just how big of an impact he's had in such a short amount of time yeah I was pretty high on the Mitchell trade when it first happened uh we were talking and, and I asked the question is he already the best shooting guard in Cavs history? Which, of course, you had Sam and Sable and all of them were saying, no, that's that's Mark Price. Um, but I don't think the Cavs have ever had a, a true shooting guard like Donovan Mitchell and what he's been able to do. Um, you know, he's been in the league a handful of years. He has playoff experience. And he's shown that he could be the best player on the court. And a lot of times in basketball, that's what matters. Um you know, I, I can't remember who reported this, but when Mitchell like heard the trade went through, he, he was on a golf course and like went screaming and running around yeah. that he yeah. was, you know, on the calves and we didn't give up any of our core young assets. And so I think it truly was the perfect fit um, for, for the perfect team. He and Darius Garland worked out a lot in the offseason. They were playing games together. Um, and so they had this chemistry and relationship that was kind of already established and it, it has been incredible to see how seamless of a transition it has been. You know, I think that credit to Garland and his unselfishness, you know, Mobley and Al. I mean, the, the whole team has this cult- culture of, you know, everyone else before me. And I think that can be contagious and people want to play for a team like that. You know, shouts to Bickerstaff. And I think just the whole organization seems to be in sync and in harmony with their with the direction they're going and it's super fun to watch and, and cheer on. So, yeah, it definitely is. One of the guys that you mentioned there is Darius Garland. Uh, Garland and Mitchell combined have already missed 17 games. I, I guess that's a little bit more than I realized, especially because the Cavs relatively have had a lot of success with those two star players missing a lot of time. What do you think these guys need to do? Like you said, they worked out a lot this offseason, but to gel the rest of the way as the Cavs start to make this playoff push here. Yeah, you know, I, I think that number might be skewed a little bit. Garland had those like eye poked out yeah. right against the Raptors in the very first game of the season. I think and then repeatedly the- afterwards oh for whatever gosh. reason. You know, I don't know <laughs> who's on. I don't know who's on the floor more, uh, Darius Garland or um, or Robin Lopez. Um, <laughs> it, it it is incredible. I feel like he gets crushed every time. That's the right Lopez on the Cavs right now. I'm like second guessing. Oh yeah, you yeah. got it. Yeah. Okay, yep. got you that saw one. Brooke against Milwaukee. Yeah, um, but it does seem he gets crushed so many times during a game. And so I think he was at like, what, 10 games for that or something. Um, and so I think that skews that number a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think continuing to win those games and to find the rotations, especially with Rubio back, finding those rotations that work, that move the ball, um, and that sets up our playmakers for the best shot, the best chance to succeed. 
So yeah, I think it's I think it's this time at this point keeping everyone healthy so they can work on those rotations. Uh, I think is is key over this next month or two. What do you evaluate? You know, I'm looking at the games this weekend. You know, we had the game against Golden State where Golden State was basically their JV team. They sat everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, second night of a back-to-back, they had an OT game against the Celtics. So Steve Kerr decided to sit the whole roster, essentially. And then we go out and lay an egg. Uh, obviously, we've already touched on it. You don't have Mitchell, but what what happened in that game? I was sitting there in the stands just bewildered at what I was seeing. Yeah, you know, I think maybe overlook a little bit, expected to win. Um, just seemed they had a hard time getting going. Um Hard time defending the outside shot. And, you know, just because teams don't have their best players doesn't mean they still don't have some of the best players in the world on their team. And it just seemed like that night, it was the unfortunately the Warriors' night to uh, to come into Cleveland and, and steal a victory there. The, you know, I think the Warriors like one of the worst road teams in the league, too. So I think the Cavs are maybe looking at, oh, they're sitting all their star players, and this is the worst road team in the league. So maybe started to cruise a little bit too early there. Okay, and on the second night of our back-to-back, you know, Evan Mobley has recently been getting some heat, I know, on Twitter, on social media from a bunch of idiots um, (laughs) about him maybe not progressing as much as everybody would have expected, um, which I think is completely unfair. He goes out against Milwaukee, puts up a career-high 38 points, really basically just owning the inside. Uh, What do you make of that performance by him? And what do you make about everybody who's saying he maybe hasn't progressed the way everyone was expecting. Do you think he has progressed in the way that the Cavs are looking for him to? I do. I think what's unfortunate about the situation is Evan from the very jump showed elite footworking skills, elite passing, elite decision-making. He knows when to cut, when to, he just always makes the right decision and he looks so smooth doing it. He's one of the top interior defenders in the league. And that was like almost from like day one. And so we have all of these advanced analytics and all these things saying Evan Mobley is the real deal. And let's see what he, what happens in year two. But you start to look at our team makeup and especially with the trade for Mitchell. Um, you know, I, I don't know what more we are going to see statistically from Evan Mobley unless a player like a Mitchell is out or an Allen is out. I think what we see from Evan Mobley is – it's kind of capped just because of who we have on the team. You know, there's one ball and, you know, Mitchell's going to get his shots. Garland, I think, does look to pass first, but knows when to pick his spots. You got to feed Allen a little bit. Um, and then, so I don't think we're going to see the elite, elite numbers until something in the team dynamic changes a little bit. Um, I I think he's incredible on defense. And unless the team, like, shifts to – Hey, we're, like we're going to feed Mitchell first, and then Mobley. I, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to see those kind of elevated, like stats, or even like a huge increase in season averages, just because of the makeup that we have on the team. Um, I would be interested to see, you know, if Allen wasn't on the team, what Mobley's numbers would look like then. Um, you know, I, I think he's working on his shot. I think I I, I saw somewhere today on Twitter that uh, he has one of the highest fadeaway percentages in, in the league right now. Um, and so I know he works a lot on his outside shot. Um, and I, I think it's just trying to, to pick and choose, you know, when to pick his spots. But but I truly think, Chris, until uh, there's some shakeup in the core, we're not going to see these, you know, 25, 26. We're not going to see these Giannis-like numbers until the, something in the team changes. It's just it's too many people, too many mouths to feed. Chase, how about your evaluation of J.B. Bickerstaff? Um, where does he rank with other coaches? Woo! We uh, the Cavs on the break uh, group chat was uh, was was fire on Friday night for this uh, <laughs> Warriors debacle. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> I, I, I like Bickerstaff. I do. I, I, I want to see and hold off reservation if I can, Gabrielle, until the playoffs. Uh, you know, really, you're not allowed to do that here. We got to fire people, right? This is the Cavs. We fire people halfway through the season, even in their first year. We've done that before. So come on, you got to make an evaluation halfway through this season on JB Bickerstaff. Not going to do it. Well, then I I, I like him. Then then I like him then. Um, You know, I I think, you know, managing these young guys, he has them playing and has them playing generally pretty hard. Um, He has a really good culture. And I think a lot of that falls on the coach. How do you manage 
how do you manage personalities? How do you manage uh, these young men with a lot of money? Um, and I think he's done a pretty good job. I think now with Rubio back, with with Dean Wade, you know, back his first first game in seven weeks against the Bucks was on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of like a kid on Christmas playing with all these toys, seeing how Rubio and Mitchell play together again. You know, they were in Utah, um, and and so you know, I, I think there's still a lot of experimenting, which is what games in January are for. Um, you know, right now the Cavs are fifth in the East, and you want to ideally would love to host a home playoff game, right? Um, I absolutely don't really want to go into Philly or go into Brooklyn or, um, you know, we, we played awful in Milwaukee so far this season. So it would be awesome to try to stay on that four seed um, and host a team like the bulls. You know, I'd be a little afraid to play the heat in the playoffs, but um, yeah, I, I think bigger staff is doing a good job. Uh, I, I have heard the discourse and, and I always try to say, well, Hey, let's see what happens in the playoffs. It's a different game and let's give them time to figure out, what these rotations are uh, with Rubio, with, with Dean Wade, and whatever moves the Cavs make at the trade deadline coming up here, if they make any. Chase, don't you think it would be say, a gigantic disappointment if we're not hosting a playoff game? Uh, so at first, yes. But the longer I, I watch the team this season, like it still seems like we are a year or two away from truly, truly contending. Like I, yeah. If we don't make the playoffs – there needs to be some drastic changes, whether it's with Bickerstaff or trading, trading Allen, uh, which I know sounds Whoa. insane. I just, I just, he just, wow. signed a contract. I know, I know. But if, if nothing works, if, if we don't make the playoffs this season, that is a colossal failure. That If we don't make the playoffs, that is a colossal failure. And when they traded for Mitchell, they accelerated that timeline. They accelerated and said, hey, we, we, we think Garland is good enough. We think Mobley is going to get there. And if we don't make it this year with Donovan Mitchell, then something needs to change. And if we all are in agreement that Mobley is going to be this legendary player, then you got to go all in. Look, I'm not saying they should trade Allen. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if they don't make the playoffs this year, then that's a colossal failure. If we don't host a home playoff game, um, it's going to be a bummer. But, you know, we'll still get a, a game or two. Um, and they have to make the playoffs this year. They absolutely have to. You know, I kind of want to wrap things up here, take us for full circle on the expectation part of this conversation. Yeah. And I want to just ask you bluntly, what is that expectation for the Cavs then this season? Because I'm with you. I think they absolutely have to make the playoffs, but then when they're in there, you know, kind of kind of what are you thinking from there? Yeah, I think second round is the, where the Cavs need need to get to this year. And, and all of that, Nick, and all of that is because they traded for Mitchell yeah. and they got rid of those first round draft picks. I think if they didn't and they still went with a, a Garland, you know, Mobley, Allen kind of core, figuring out the two and the three, then I think that gives them a little more time. But, but that trade for Mobley has accelerated everything, in my opinion, in my opinion. I think uh, you don't trade that many assets and a player like that for, for a player like that, sorry, to be like, hey, you know what? If if we're the play-in again, then we're okay with that. Then we want to see how these players develop. Um, Mitchell's an established all-star who has playoff experience. And if if they don't make it out of the first round, I think in, I don't think they're going to be disappointed, but I think internally they're going to say, like, man, I, I think we could have gone further. For sure. Is there a trade scenario you could see unfolding this year? Uh, you know, there's a lot of names uh, floating around. Um, you know, you got Alex Burks, you got Tim Hardaway Jr. for the Mavs, Malik Beasley for the Jazz, Doug McDermott, um, this is Bohan Bogdanovich. Um, but I, I, I love Isaac Okoro, and I, I want to see him continue to develop. I do. Um, I uh, on our pod, no one else. Uh, has an, has the patience that I have shown for Okoro. Um, you know, I don't want to say no one likes him because these guys are, gosh, doing their best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I believe in Isaac Okoro, and uh, I want to see him succeed. There's a shirt. There's a shirt. Start making the shirts <laughs> right now. Go. I believe in Isaac Okoro. I, I do. And so um, if he continues to improve on his corner three, 
uh, like he has these past couple weeks, then I don't want them to make a move. Um, but if it is, it is glaringly obvious that uh, the Cavs miss a corner three threat. Um, it, they almost like try to not go to the corner for that shot. And when they do, Okora has this awesome move where he does like a pump fake and he slashes and it's really cool to see him. I mean, he's a pretty massive human being, like slash the corner um, and drive the baseline. Um, and so if there is a move, it, it would be to go for that corner three shot. Um, you know, I don't think they would make a move to uh, improve any other part of their team. I think it's just that corner three. You watch other teams and it's, you know, that's a weapon other teams have. The Cavs just simply don't have that corner three consistency. Chase, what, a, what, what about a 10-day contract for a Booby Gibson or Daniel Marshall, <laughs> maybe Damon <laughs> Jones? Sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they had Verjal back for that for that day or two so he could right. retire. Cavs. So why, why not one of the legends? I'm about to go and try to walk on. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm i 5'7", so a little vertically challenged, but, but I played ball in my day, so... <laughs> Do you see a scenario where Kevin Love gets moved by the draft or by the draft, by the uh, trade deadline? I would be shocked. I'd be shocked. Yeah. I, I still think he's recovering from his like wrist or hand injury. He hasn't really been the same since he went out. No, um, he looked bad. He also yeah. looks like put on a few pounds too. He, he was going bad, but <laughs> Chris, you're just, so mean. Just, it's married. I'm Kevin just Love saying, he's already got me blocked on Twitter. It doesn't matter what I, said. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really funny Kevin Love story. I was, um, before COVID it was Sexton's rookie year. And, um, I went up, I was covering the game and, uh, this is when they still allowed players in the locker room, which they don't do that anymore. Um, and so I, I went up to Kevin. I mean, First off, Colin Sexton, incredibly nice. Uh, talked to anyone that wanted to talk to him. And it was just answered every question. Super generous. He was awesome. Um, and so after he left, I talked to Kevin. I said, Kevin, you, know, you play with Russell Westbrook at UCLA. Do you see any similarities in in his game and where Colin's game is now? And if so, like what, you know, what have you been able to tell tell him? And he looked at me and said, No. And that was it. It's like a one word. No. And that, that killed the question time. And then he just like went out a side door. And so I, I just, that's yeah. Um, but I think Dang. he got injured that game. They shut him down for the season. Um, but no, you know, I, I hope they don't move him. I hope that he stays here. They could, I don't know. I, he hasn't been the same. He was super efficient pre injury. Almost. There was a couple games. He would like play 15, 16 minutes and almost get a triple double. Um, and he would be able to hit threes and he hasn't really been the same since he's come back. So I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> we shall see chase. Good stuff. Ending on the positive there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll just take it out right I'm on the positive. <laughs> we have this ex young, exciting team. <laughs> We're talking about, <laughs> talking about Kevin love. Yeah. We'll see chase. Good stuff, man. Everybody knows you. Where, where can everybody uh, go check out though? Your work and your, your Cavs podcast, particularly. Yeah. They go to pressplaypodcast.com or in any podcast search bar, you can type, uh, press play podcast. You can type Cavs on the break or just type my name, Chase Smith, and you'll see all of our shows it has that little P three in the corner uh, up there. And yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. Thanks, Thanks Chase. Chase. Thank you. Go yeah. Cavs. Hey, have a good week. Yeah. Go Cavs. See ya. Chase Smith, ladies and gentlemen, good stuff. Do we have an applause button I over here? So. Do I dare hit one? I think it's yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. man, good stuff. All right. What do you guys say? We get into some Cleveland headlines. We'll keep the conversation going about the Cavs, and we're going to get into some more Browns as well. Nick, Cleveland headlines. Now you can Cleveland go ahead, Chris. There you <laughs> go. There you go. What? What? We're talking over each other. Three, this is great two, podcasting. one. Headlines, Chris. <laughs> Cleveland Headlines is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News, your go-to site for video games and more. This week, they are talking about Star Wars, Mega Man, and Mario in their featured Shack Chat. What canceled game do you wish was released? And remember that you can join in on all the discussions using the Shack News Cortex and subscribing to their Twitch channel. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Check News and at Check News 
Good stuff. Well done. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just so excited. Were you waiting for me to do a .com? .com. I was. I was so excited to get into headlines. The Browns finally found their man. Defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz hired early last week to be the next defensive coordinator for the Browns, replacing Joe Woods. What are you guys hoping to see Nick. out of this defense? Nick, you called it. I asked you point blank last week, how long do you think it'll take for the Browns to hire a defensive coordinator? You said it would take quite a while because they're going to get their man and it could take several weeks. <laughs> and I think it was what, the next day or the day yeah. after we we then got Jim Schwartz. I, I, you know, and I was super surprised by that. I'm going to be completely honest with you because everything that we heard was that there were still names out there that they were waiting to talk to. And if you remember correctly, Jim Schwartz was yeah. the very first guy that they talked to. So it almost felt like it came a little bit out of left field. Maybe even feels like Kevin Stefanski wasn't the guy that made that phone call to offer Jim Schwartz the job. And it kind of happened a little bit by surprise to everyone because the last that I heard was that they were going to take their time. And I think this came a little bit out of left field, but I do like the hire. What do you guys think about it? I like it too. I, I think he brings some experience. It looks like from everything that I've seen, um, you know, some of his defensive schemes are going to be fun for guys like Miles Garrett. He also requires some strength uh, inside, you know, and I think he's going to upgrade that position, upgrade our tackles. And that's obviously been a big need for us. And I think he's going to put the emphasis there. So I think that'll immediately give us a boost on the defense there. So I like it. And I also, quite frankly, think it's a plan B. I think that the, yeah. the Browns are making it a plan B. If things aren't working out with Stefanski next year, you've got a nice transition over into maybe him taking over coaching if need be or transitioning to the next coach because uh, I, I think we need some veteran leadership that maybe Stefanski's crew is not providing right now. And I think Jim Schwartz is coming in to provide some of that. And if Stefanski can't turn things around, um, then he's, he's going to continue up that ladder. Yeah, I think sure-handed was the word that a friend of show Mary Kay Cabot used when she broke the story uh, last week. And I think that is pretty encapsulating of what the Browns don't have. And it's what Jim Schwartz is going to bring. I think ownership especially was very sick of at the end of last season, the blown coverages, the lack of communication, yeah. the finger pointing in press conferences. Jim Schwartz is not going to stand for any of that. So I think that was a much needed hire, especially because I think a lot of guys internally were leaning towards making just another analytics hire, an unproven guy like Sean Desai, somebody that's up and coming probably has the wherewithal to become a head coach at some point in his career, but not quite yet. And I'm glad to see that they went the route of hiring a guy that has been around the block before worked under Bill Belichick and Nick Saban in Cleveland back in the nineties. I mean, he's just been around the game for a really long time. And I think it was a much needed hire. Well, in addition, we always make fun of this about how many press conferences get won in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, I did listen to his press conference, and I, and I was impressed. And it wasn't the kind of impressed where Here we Here he goes. He's getting sucked in. Problem. He's getting hooked. Not me. You didn't hear me <laughs> say that. Here we go. By. Dave, this is different. This isn't a bunch of <laughs> You know, GVR isn't making a bunch of T-shirts based upon this press conference. We don't have anything like that. I thought the way he evaluated the team right now and what he said about what he wants to do going forward was very practical, was very doable without the rah-rah, you know, I've been a fan my whole life type of crap. It was more, <laughs> here's what we need to do to fix this defense, and I really like that out of him. So I did think he won the press conference, as many, many coaches have done here in Cleveland. But in this particular case, I was bought into the man and, and what his message was. Gab, I want to throw it to you. Um, obviously, going into last year, we thought the Browns' defense was going to be really good. Top five, top ten. And it was the complete opposite. I mean, it was really, really, really bad. I mean, maybe bottom five, <laughs> bottom ten. Do you think Jim Schwartz could kind of turn things around for the Browns in just one offseason? I think so. I mean, we're riding the high of a new chapter, and I think, uh, to Chris's point, they're – not trying to win the with the media, but just a, a practical outlook here. I think this is a good turning the page for us. And I would like to see, you know, we got to stop the run, but 
we talked about it a lot this year, but you even alluded to the finger pointing that's gone on when you look at, um, you know, our defensive backs. And sometimes when they were running the zone, it just looked like people were confused. They didn't know where they were supposed to be and things like that. So I think if we can tighten up, maybe do more man coverage this year, if he has them do that, I think that those are the main things we're going to have to get accomplished with the defense. And I don't know, I, I'm positive about this guy. I, I'm not as diehard as Chris, maybe, because I'm in the middle, but um, still generally optimistic. Hey, bring in the wide nine. Let's go. Yeah, bring <laughs> Honestly, hey, I know we're going to get to our bets in a second, but if there was a bet to make with Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator, I know it's going to be one of the betting favorites on the Tipico app. We got to look at Miles Garrett to win defensive player of the year when those odds come out because with Jim Schwartz running that wide nine, they're going to stick with the 4-3. They're going to find somebody that complements him that replaces Clowney on the other side. And I think Miles Garrett could have a, you know, sack leading NFL type season and beef up the inside. And I think all of those factors put those together. I I'm with you on that one. I would bet that we'll see what Tipico comes out with those odds, but I am all over that when they do. I think we, yeah, we definitely, Chris, I wanted to kind of zone in on something that you said there, beef up the inside. Watching some of these games this week, these defenses that the 49ers have, that the Eagles have, that uh, Cincinnati with DJ Reader, I mean, they have some absolutely man-eating guys just up front on these defenses. There are so many options for the Browns this offseason. I mean, De'Aaron Payne is the big one that everybody keeps talking about, but I think the Browns have to do something on that defensive line. I've said it more than anybody. It seems like historically that's not a position that analytics values. Barry does not care about the position. He Maybe they should start. He needs to start caring about that because they really Well, and Jim Schwartz, he, he addressed that in, in the presser. He said, basically, we need to get heat on the quarterback, yeah. you know, because everybody was talking about the secondary and all the problems we've had in the secondary. He's like, yeah, I understand that. We need to get help those guys out by getting more heat on the quarterback and not leaving these guys out on islands. And I think he's absolutely right. I was glad to hear that they made this hire with Miles Garrett in mind. I thought there were yeah. points last season with Joe Woods where Miles Garrett was a little frustrated, maybe even thinking of, you know, possibly moving on to greener pastures. So I am glad they tapped Miles for his input on this, you know, signing, hiring, and um, got the guy that's really going to capitalize the best of his talent. Because we could debate these quarterbacks. You know, we've talked about the great quarterbacks on the show and how far Deshaun is. But really, right now, Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb are the two best players on your football team, and it's probably pretty important to make sure those two guys are happy. So I'm glad that they hired the guy that's going to make the most sense for Miles. Yeah, and you got and Miles is one of those guys too. I, I get the impression you got to stroke his ego a little bit, and that that also helps. And not only is he the best player on the defensive side of the ball, and arguably the team next to Nick Chubb, but uh, he's also a leader. And you do need to go to those guys, and I think it helps both his psyche to be um, asked about these things, and then it also helps the team to get his input. Absolutely. Let's move on to talk a little bit more Cavs. Um, we talked about the Cavs with Chase. We talked about expectations. Are we all on board that it has to be playoffs or bust, and that if they if oh, it's a yeah. if it's a play in type game scenario, we're in those wonky. You know, there's the like what they had being one of the topper echelon play in teams where you have two chances, or dare I say, you know, the bottom of the play in where you only have one opportunity. I think the Cavs have to off rip, you know, be involved in a seven game playoff series, or else this is a bad season, right? Yeah, we, we can't be involved in this play-in game. We got to get past that level. And then I think you got to win your opening round. I, I think that's my expectation for this Cavs team. And that is not crazy. No, that that's is not, not crazy. When you look at where we're at in the East, there is no way that that is just me being a fan. That is, you look at this roster, you look at the rest of the league, this roster should be able to achieve that. I think as it's constructed right now, and if we make a move, then that just solidifies that we should mm-hmm. be in that position, winning a playoff series. And I, I don't, I don't think that that is completely crazy. 
It feels like people are just a little bit down on the Cavs. Like if we had our Cavs, our fun meter, why? it's kind of in a it's weird January. spot if you check Twitter. It's it's weird though, because why are people on the internet acting this way? Whereas January, they're the number five seed in the East. They've dealt with a fair share of injuries and now they're getting their guys back and healthy before the All-Star break. I'm definitely not as negative on the Cavs as some people are because like Chase said in the interview, this is where January is when this is supposed to be happening. When you tinker with lineups, when you try new things, I am not like down and out on the Cavs like some people online are. I mean, we've got Mobley still working on his game, still figuring out who he is as a player. You got Garland still figuring out his role. You know, we just got Ricky Rubio back. Hell, we just got back Dean Wade, like we were talking Dean about. Wade. You know. Which is exactly who I who, by the way, when I bring the kids up to Cleveland to see Golden State and Milwaukee play, I was just hoping of all the players that they would get a chance to see Dean Wade. And sure enough, that happened against Milwaukee. But uh, no, I mean, you got these players coming back. This is the time to experiment, work with with lineups and and see what's going to work down the line. So I haven't you know, it was very disappointing. I won't lie to see us go and lay an egg against Golden State. But then you get a little bit of positivity against Milwaukee um, without Giannis, but a little positivity there. And then then you step back and you say, hey, it's it's still January. We're halfway through the season. We haven't even gotten to the All-Star game yet. Like, let's kind of cool the Jets on the negativity, give this team a chance to grow, and then see what they can do and see what they can become. A lot of ball left to play, ladies and gentlemen, for our wine and gold. But not that many days left until pitchers and catchers report to Arizona Guards Fest was this weekend. I know we had a few of our crew in attendance. We got to hear from Tito and a a big handful of players. I want to ask this question. Are the Guardians the most likable team in Cleveland? Because I'm going to have to say yes. After what we saw last year in the playoffs, all the things that came away from Guards Fest. Francona talked about being named the most handsome manager in the American <laughs> League. Naylor was talking about with Mackenzie the Rock the Baby celebration. Gonzalez said the SpongeBob theme song walk up isn't going anywhere. I mean, there's all these headlines. The Guardians are the most fun team in Cleveland. And not just that, the most fun team that Cleveland has seen probably since 2020 COVID Browns. Wow. More fun. There you go. Well, Gab, you have to say that. You have to say they're the most fun in Cleveland. I Come think, on. I think that it's easier for me to say that, too, because I have more of a front row seat to to yeah. observing the chemistry and to interacting with them. So it's just easier for me to make that conclusion. But maybe, maybe. the Well, the Browns was really fun in 2020. You're right. Yeah, the COVID uh, Browns were fun. Nobody, yeah. nobody was going out. Everything Every, was over you Zoom. Just, yeah. Uh, but I can't talk say some, some, we need some highlights from guards fest, uh, Gab, because obviously I wasn't there. So you got to f- fill everybody in. What were some highlights? Uh, some of the highlights were, so I was at the main stage all day, so I, I don't know all of the side interviews that went on, but two of the panels that I hosted were, um, I had a pitching panel and Trevor Steffen and we had Eli Morgan on that one alongside some of our all old timers. We had Sam McDowell, 80 year old. Sam McDowell, yeah. who's got a heck of a resume, six-time All-Star, 1970 Pitcher of the Year, um, struck out or led the league in strikeouts five times. He's a brick house, who so he's still he's six four or something like that, <laughs> and um, just so freaking funny. Like he made our entire panel hilarious. Um, but some of the things that I took away from our and, and the most famous part about his resume, at least in my mind too, and this is probably maybe before your time, Gab, but you know. What famous character was based upon him? Don't you? No, I From don't. A sitcom. No idea. Nope. Nobody. Nobody. Sam Malone from Cheers was based on Sam McDowell. What? Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like his his whole life story, his backstory and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was based on That's Sam McDowell. Crazy. I haven't watched is. Cheers. Is it about an alcoholic? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes. No, so I mean that. I do not even mean that. In a no, Sam's got a really cool story. He also wrote a book about it. I didn't go there in my pitching panel just because I wasn't sure. He was low key, also inappropriate, but hilarious. Um, but I didn't want to open up any more just cans like, of worms. As as our most eighty year old men. Yeah, yeah. He just. Oh my gosh. He was his delivery and timing of everything was just so funny because um like I asked him when he or how did he get his sudden Sam nickname. And he just, the way he, he answered everything with that 
80 year old like delay that just totally worked <laughs> and it and it came off as dramatic pause and he knew it too like he knows he's funny but yeah he just like looked at the crowd with big eyes and was like my first wife <laughs> and just everyone lost it and then we were like wondering where he was gonna go with it but then he told like uh went and told this long story and then but it, it was really interesting he also talked about um you know the designated hitter didn't come in until 1973 so we were like you know sam how did that impact you and he was not much of a hitter so he was saying how he um he really valued the extra time to for pitching and warming up and looking ahead and whatever so all of those interviews were very interesting, but my favorite, like getting back to what makes the team fun this year, are we finished with a panel of Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw, Josh Naylor, and Tristan McKenzie. And I don't know if it was me or all of them, all of us were slap happy because we had worked a 12 hour day. So this was like the last uh, panel we had. So everyone right beforehand, I have the opportunity just to talk to everyone before we go on. And we just were slap happy. Everyone was in a goofy mood, telling stories. Uh, Josh Naylor was saying, like, I'm the only man in the house. All these guys are children, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, he was saying that Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw hate each other but love each other. They're such the brotherly love. Like, it's funny. I introduced Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan was like, boo. Like, they just, <laughs> they go back and forth with each other so uh, naturally, like real brothers do. And that showed on stage, too. So you can't really fake all the chemistry. They're obviously all best friends. There isn't any, like, Kevin Love random fit out, fit in things going on. <laughs> Throwback. Oh, um, but, yeah, no, they're just there isn't, like, one weird egg. I think that they're all just so inclusive and accepting of the fact that they're all so different. Like, Stephen Kwan's this nerdy guy. Love him, but he's he, he knows it. He's into chess, and he's just um, – even his ability to – There was to, a setup. There was a setup. The chess club was there. So they had a whole thing set up for this. What was a local high school or whatever that they do the chess games with? Yeah. They John Marshall. They've yeah. got a national championship chess team and they were kicking Stephen Kwan's butt. And he <laughs> I mean, he loved it, though. Like even just the camaraderie they have in the community. And like I said, I'm biased. I work for them. I have a front row seat to seeing all the things that they do in the community and being there on a, on a number of the occasions that they do. But they're so involved and they see it just seems like their intentions are all pure. And, and I think that's really cool because you can see it translate into the dynamics they have with each other and with the community and the fans. Dave, what do we think expectations are for the Guardians? Because this is all bubbly and fun. And it was, you know, when they won that playoff series against the Rays and nobody was expecting them to even be there. So to win that opening series was just even better. But then we saw some of the deficiencies show its ugly head in the series against the Yankees. What are kind of our collective expectations for the guards this year? I think probably very similar to last year. I in baseball, if you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. I don't know. I'm not going to go too crazy. Browns, 8-9. and nine. Guardians, fun. Cavs, fun. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all they need to be is fun. I mean, and like you said, as long as, especially with that starting staff, as long as you get into the rotation, they're good. And uh, a lot of those guys, too, that you named, Gab, that were there from the bullpen, you know, no, no slouches there either. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things, too, Trevor, Steph, and I didn't realize this, but um, in prepping for my pitchers panel and everything, I think it's really interesting how so many of our pitchers have developed quickly. Yeah. So like Eli Morgan really got parachuted in in 2021 from AAA to fill in for some of our starters. And, you know, he's he's still finding his footing, but basically he's still um, just such an important part of our rotation. And Trevor was rule five a couple years ago. And then a lot of times right after that, you have to go to the minors. So, right. no, he stayed at the majors. And then look at him now, fast forward, he's become such a clutch part of pitching late into the game in those eighth innings, in those one-run games, the games on the line, or whatever, these adrenaline-filled situations. So if you if you dig deeper, it's interesting to see how – and then obviously we had 17 people make their debut yeah. this past season. So it's wild to think that – they don't even have that much experience, but they're playing with a lot of poise and they've got, they know when to turn it on and when to be a little loose, like have fun. Chris, guards vibes are high. What's that again? The guards vibes are high. Guards vibes are high. I was going to ask Gab. Gab, you got a better look at him than I did. He kind of walked past me. He's a brick Tristan, house. 
Well, I'm oh. talking about Tristan. I thought you were going to say Josh Bell. I'm like, he is ginormous. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't get a chance to see him. He okay, does look I like saw him walk ball. by, and it looked like if if Miles Garrett and Evan Mobley had a baby. What? <laughs> wow. That's what Josh Bell looks like in real life. <laughs> That's the best breakdown you're ever going to hear. That is fantastic. <laughs> I was going to ask about Tristan McKenzie. It looked like he may have hit the weight room a little bit. He was wearing some loose-fitting clothes, but he, he didn't look like a, you know, a bean pole that I remember. And it looked like he may have put a little bit of muscle on in the offseason. Am I wrong on there? Is you it just the baggy what? clothes? I think that because of the baggy clothes, I didn't really even notice, to be honest. Um, All right. Yeah, I can't remember. And it was so dark backstage. And then when we go on stage, we were all sitting. So I, and you know what? Bright I, lights. I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I didn't really tell. I just noticed that he had new hair. This time he's got a short do with blonde. I'm still willing to say that that kid's the future ace. Yeah. No, I believe it. Oh, yeah. They're grooming them that way. And it was great to see all those guys. They were at the Cavs game, too. So it's nice to see those guys always cross-promoting each other the way that they do. Hey, and back to the uh, the Sam McDowell thing. I, I did pick this up from uh, Wikipedia. The character of Sam Malone, the alcoholic ex-Red Sox pitcher portrayed by Emmy Award-winning actor Ted Danson in the television program Cheers, was based on the baseball life of McDowell. In a 2011 interview with the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, McDowell joked, I would say I'm better with women than Sam Malone was, which is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. See, I don't make this stuff Even up. Even in the Wikipedia article. All right, let's yeah. do some bets. What do you guys say? Yeah, let's oh, do it. Alrighty, Big Play Bets are always brought to you by our partners at Typico Sportsbook. Get ready to bet all season long with the show crew. The NFL playoffs are winding down with championship weekend. Cavs basketball is in full swing and so much more on the Typico Sportsbook app. You can bet anywhere, but at Typico, you will get the best odds on your favorite Cleveland sports teams and player props. So go download that Typico app with a link in all of our social media bios to get in on that action. You must be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's take a look at some bets because last week our guy McNeil hit all overs this weekend. You guessed it. Every game it. went under. So we have I two championship it, games this, this game. weekend. Chris did call it. Chris is two for two. Are we going to go over and under in both of these games? Cincinnati, Kansas city, San Fran and Philly. Are we going to split them up? What are we thinking for this week? I think it's going to be a split. I like Kansas city and Cincinnati to go over. over. I like the San Fr because of San Fran's defense. I think it's going to keep it lower scoring. Yeah. So I'm going to go under, even though that's the lower over under at 45 and a half versus 47 and a half for the Cincinnati game. I still like the NFC game to go under. I'm with you on that 49ers under. I think when you compare a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy, and I know I'm a huge fan of him, and he's played really well, but he's still a rookie quarterback, and we saw moments of that in the divisional round. Pair that with that stellar defense that honestly both of these teams have in Philly and San Fran. Um, I, I definitely like the under 45 and a half there. And I'm with you, Kansas City and Cincinnati. I think my biggest thing for this game, the one thing that I worry about, the over in that, it's just that Mahomes ankle. That's a high ankle sprain. Yeah. And, yeah, the and Mahomes that's like, injury. Yeah. That's nothing to nothing to play around with. Yeah, and I'm with you, but you know, he seems like the type of guy, you know, there's always those superstars who can focus. You, there's the famous Jordan flu games and things like that. I could see Mahomes just being able to just change his game and and adapt to it and really take it to, to a level that we're not expecting. Who knows? I mean, like you said, a high ankle sprain is no fun. I'm sure it doesn't feel real good now. Right. You know, it's, it's real easy when you're playing on it. And you've got, uh, you know, the, everything going through you. But, you know, a couple of days afterwards, it feels pretty bad. So we'll see if he can rally. But I, I could see him doing that. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. We're going to lock in our official predictions for these games in just one moment. But another thing that we had a lot of fun with that sadly we whiffed on was our anytime touchdown score parlay. So right off rip, 
We hit that Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown in that Chiefs-Jaguars game, but then we were kind of downhill from there as Saquon Barkley and the Giants. What the hell were they doing all week yeah. long? And then uh, T. Higgins never found the end zone for Cincinnati as well. So let's build another anytime touchdown score parlay where we pick one player from each conference championship game who we think is going to score a touchdown this weekend. Only two games, so should be a little bit easier for us. Let's start off with Cincinnati and Kansas City. Who is our player going to be to score a touchdown? Are we going Travis again? Is it any time or first touchdown? Any time. Okay, well, still Kelsey then. I don't know, man. He just scored one. Are we gonna Are we gonna change it okay. up? Are we gonna ride with we'll Travis? Change it up. No, change I'm with Gannon. If Gan. it ain't broke, don't fix Kelsey. it. Kelsey, Kelsey, one hundred percent. Any time, yeah. You know what we're I, I, You know what are we are. We picking one from each. Yeah, from each game. from each team. No, that's crazy. Let's go for each team. team? Yeah, okay, okay. yeah. All right, so Casey, we have Kelsey. Jamar Chase or T. Higgins for... We went Higgins last week. Let's so the, 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 so the, the, the favorite this week is Joe Mixon. Surprising. I mean, he was running oh, the ball really well. Yeah, he but he, he usually averages like 45 yards a game. No, yeah, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching Mixon. But he seems like he's getting more touches in this offense all of a sudden, and it's a very balanced offense these days. I think they, what were they, uh, ran one more running play than, or one more passing play than running play on on yesterday. That is true. How about Zach Taylor? We thought he was a surefire lock to get fired a few years ago. Now he's one of the best coaches in the league. Ugh. And now everybody's saying, see, that's why he keeps Stefanski forever. <laughs> all right, so are we going Joe Mixon? I get that he's the favorite. I would, I would rather go backup running back P. Ryan. Samaje? Yes. No. Plus 330. On a goal line carry, too. So the one thing I was talking to my Bengals buddy, he it's said. Anytime. He, so, okay. Yeah. He is in pass protection. He's much better pass protector than Joe Mixon. So he said if it's in the goal line, he could get a little, a little, a little pass to him. Dave, your buddy is 0-1 because he told us to take no, he T. Told, Higgins. No, he didn't. He told me to take Jamar Chase again, who scored like right off the bat. I didn't yeah, listen did. to him. Oh, all right. Well, let's go with your friend. Let's go with my friend. Yeah. That's Amaje. I like his yes. streak. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we let's got get Sam wild. Samaje and Travis. I feel like that's – I could definitely envision that happening. Let's yep. go to San Francisco. Obviously, CMC is probably the favorite there. Yeah. Are we going with it? I think because we're going with such an underdog in for Cincy, I think we go with the favorites and go, go Christian. How about we? Thoughts? How about Brock just taking it himself? Ooh, Brock rushing Brock touchdown. Brock. CMC did score last week. I feel like a Brock Purdy like anytime too would have pretty favorable plus odds as we yeah. get to later in the week. Are we really going to do Purdy rushing? Heck yeah. Let's go for it. Come on, boys. <laughs> all right, we're going all risky this week. Last week we went all safe and it didn't work. We'll go we'll go Travis as our local Cleveland safe pick. Yeah. Brock Purdy's plus four fifty right now. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> I don't know if that's a great <laughs> idea, but Let's I go. guess we can do it. Let's go. All right. crazy. And, th and that leaves us with the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of weapons. What's tough about the Eagles is they have two running backs in Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. Jalen Hurts is another threat on his feet. And then they have pick your poison of wide receiver of Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. I just named five guys in the last 10 seconds that could easily score a touchdown in any game, any anywhere, you know? Hurts is the one... If we pick a quarterback see, to do a rushing touchdown, yeah, I, I think than, I could see Hurts over Brock yeah, Purdy. Right. But can, I don't know though. We, against that 49ers. Can front. we go can we go George Kittle instead of Brock Purdy? Chris, are nope. you gonna kill me here? No. Nope. Nope. No. We should go both quarterbacks in this Why not? game. Oh, boy. Touchdown. Can we parlay that? We can do whatever we want to yeah, do. do That's we true. Yeah, there's a nice parlay. Both quarterbacks to score a touchdown. Chris so, is very confident in this Brock Purdy anytime, and it's stressing <laughs> me out. <laughs> Why not? It's the NFC. They're crazy over there. All right, Chris, player to score two touchdowns. Odds right now, Brock Purdy, plus 6,500. Oh, my God. Plus 6,500. Wow. Go put a sawbuck on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay for a few lunches. All right, so we lock in four? 
All right. I think right now we have Samaje P. Ryan for the Bengals. Like it. We have Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. We have Brock Purdy rushing oh, touchdown boy. for the 49ers. Yeah. And we have Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown for Philly. I'm just but not I'm not gonna tell you guys that I'm just gonna sub in George Kittle for my best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as we said, you know, twenty-one plus gambling problem, one eight hundred gambler and Follow Chris's picks at your own. There we go. Brock Birdie anytime. All right, let's finish up and pick both of these games. Um, Super close spreads on both of these. I honestly was a little disappointed with the divisional round games. There was a handful of blowouts. I mean, like the Giants, come on, the Bills, come on. I really think that we're due for a good week of football. Let's start with the Chiefs. They're one-point favorites at Arrowhead against the Cincinnati Bengals. This game is the literal definition of a pick Yeah. Yeah, at the hardest place to play, allegedly in the NBA, in the NBA, in the NFL, in Kansas City, there at Arrowhead, uh, to go in there as the Bengals and basically have it be a pick'em game—that's amazing. That tells you what the Bengals have done. Are you bold enough to pick the Bengals, though, Chris? Oof. See, I, I, I'm done with the Bengals. I cannot see the Bengals go into another Super Bowl, and I'd have to put up with that. So I think what I'm going to do, since every team I root for ends up, you know, folding, like I had Buffalo, I was rooting for Buffalo. It was a great story. They're a lot like us. We touched on that last week. Of course, I'm a Browns fan. So I'll go ahead and root for the Bengals in this one. And uh, so just go ahead and mark down that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are going to blow them out. Yeah, I'm with you there. I really would like to see the Chiefs blow them out. I'm so sick of the Cincinnati Bengals just hype train. I had never met a Bengals fan in my entire life until the last three years, and now they're just absolutely coming out of the woodworks. I think I see more Jamar Chase jerseys at the grocery store than I see anything. And That's the thing with the Bengals. You don't go – like you go to Browns games, you see Bernie Kosar jerseys. You see Clay Matthews jerseys. You go to their games, you see Jamar Chase and Burrow jerseys. Chris, you see Phil Dawson jerseys at Browns games. You know, you you see some of the most Barcavious Mingo jerseys. Yeah. Now we just see – for the Bengals, you either got a Burrow, a Chase – Maybe McPherson, your drunk friend that thinks that he's funny. Hmm, maybe we should go out and get some better players. <laughs> I was going to say. Awesome? Yeah, I mean, naysayers I- would say <laughs> that you don't want to get any of the players that are on the team now because you get burned. But We have Cooper, Chubb, Miles. I mean, there, there's a fair That's share right. of home picks too, but I, I get what you're saying, Chris. There's definitely a lot more history and a lot more fans that kind of buy into that. That's right. I'm with you, though. I uh, I would love to see the Chiefs win, but I honestly don't think that it happens. I think Mahomes' ankle is going to prove to be too much. We, we've seen that before, you know, guys that are just banged up this time of the year that try to push their way through. I give them a lot of credit for trying, but I think right now Joe Burrow is playing the best football at this stage in his very young career, and the Bengals punch another ticket to the Super Bowl because wow. Joe Burrow is that guy. That defense is absolutely no joke, and I think they uh, they pull a slight upset in Kansas City again this week. And Patrick Mahomes has never beaten Joe Burrow. No, I Pat Mahomes. I still I'm I, I still think Gimpy Mahomes is gonna win. <laughs> I'm with Gab. I, yeah, I, I'm with I Nick. Hope, I'm I with hope. Nick. I think Bengals. I I hate to say it, but we're just used to being miserable. Man. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I can't believe it. Burrow's two and zero all time. I mean, maybe he's due to lose. Can we? Can we just pull? I, I know we're all pulling for it. So hell, let's just leave it there. Let's go to Philly. I feel like this is a game that we could look at through a betting lens much more objectively. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites at home against the 49ers. Now, if you guys remember just a couple weeks ago, the Eagles were putting together a dream season. I mean, they hadn't lost a football game. They were, uh, you know, regular season juggernaut. Jalen Hurts then got banged up and that changed a lot. The Eagles since have looked a lot better and we saw them really get back to their true form this past weekend. Two and a half point favorites, though, at home. I feel like odds makers are still giving a lot of respect to that 49ers defense with that, you know, very thin margin there. Yeah, I am as well. I, I think the 49ers win that game, and I think their offense looks a little bit better than last time. Wow. 
Wow, I'm going to go the opposite on that one. I think Philly's going to win this game. I think the Giants, even though they didn't look very good, I think there's a reason for that. I think Philly made them not look good. I think the Giants were actually a better team than that. And uh, I think Philly's coming on a little bit, got a little bit of momentum now after that win. And uh, you're going to see a different team come this weekend, and I think Philly's going to roll them. D'Amico Ryan and that defense held the Cowboys to nine to what twelve points. It was they, a they it was really a good. field goal battle in that game, and they did look really good. I'm going to take the 49ers as a dog to straight up win this ball game as well. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm I'm going Hurts. I'm with Chris on this. Gab and I are going yeah. together versus you two on both games. Yeah, look yeah. at that. Wow. Yeah, we are. Turn that into a little show grab. Oh, Gab, here we go. Before. <laughs> let's, let's put money on this. <laughs> well, you can download that typical <laughs> that sports book app. Nailed it. Use our special link in the show bio. And you, uh, when you deposit 50 bucks, you'll get $200 in bet credit. So make sure you guys jump all over that as we move on through January and into the Super Bowl. And I'm sure we are going to have a fun Super Bowl betting segment as we get ready for that game in just a couple of weeks. Well, guys, it was a great show. Any, any, anybody have any final thoughts as we get ready to go into championship weekend, Cavs basketball? Absolutely not. None. None. I think <laughs> no takers. <laughs> Love it. Right, go Cavs. Go Cavs. I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you guys so much for watching another episode of the Big Play Reflog show. How do we almost forget to mention? Guys, what do we have? It's dry January in the Big Play studio, and we picked up some non-alcoholic strawberry Labatt's, strawberry acai Labatt's. So make sure you guys go check out some Labatt, drink some Labatt's all off-season long with us. Feels like it's going to be another January and February in Berea, so we're going to need them. Go check out Shaq News. Go download that Tipico Sportsbook app. Huge thanks to Chase Smith for joining us on the pod this week. We will see you guys next week for another episode of the Big Play Reflog Show. Until then, see you. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world the big play Yeah, yeah, yeah.